you flip open your plans, and this is what greets you in the block for your homeschool science. Experiment. Can I transfer metal atoms? Did your heart skip a beat? Did your stomach do a flippity-flop? Or did you roll your eyes because you were sure that this one wasn't going to work either? If you did any of these things, or you just want to get a few tips for experimenting, keep listening to this bonus episode of the Tips for Homeschool Science Show. Experiments have been long maligned and misunderstood, especially in the homeschooling world. I've heard many a homeschooling parent say, I don't understand why experiments are even necessary. They're too much work. They never turn out right. So we just don't do them. My friends, it should not be so. We did cover whether or not you could do science without experiment back in episode 77. But basically, our students need to encounter science face-to-face. Experiments, demonstrations, and hands-on scientific activities are wonderful tools we have to give our students this chance. After all, to teach science without the hands-on aspect would just make no sense. It would be like watching a movie with your eyes closed. It's going to sound all right, but you really won't have a complete picture of what's going on. As many of us head back to homeschool after the holidays, I wanted to highlight 19 tips from posts that we have to help you with the hands-on aspect of science. Let's get rolling. Number one, use both scientific demonstrations and experiments. Scientific demonstrations and experiments are two main types of scientific test used in the educational setting. Many use these two terms interchangeably. However, there's a little difference between them. Demonstrations are more parent-led and student-observed, while experiments are more student-led and parent-monitored or supervised. Check out episode 94, where we talked about whether you should demonstrate or experiment to see which one is best for your crew. Number two, record your experiments. I don't mean video recording. I mean write down what the students have learned. Wondering how you should record your students' experiments? Start simple. Keep your expectations below what your students are capable of writing and let your students record their own personal experience. You can listen to episode 93 to hear how to record an experiment at each stage. Number three, save time by doing one experiment with multiple ages. Many homeschoolers have more than one child and they teach multiple grades at one time. Good news. It's possible to do one experiment with multiple different ages and have everyone walk away learning something about science. I'm not going to lie, it takes a bit more work and effort on our part. But if you're unsure if you should combine for science or not, we answered that question in episode 76. Number four, know what to do when you don't have the experiment supplies. Let's face it, we've all had those moments when we open that teacher's guide and realize we don't have the supplies that are needed for the activity. And this is when we can pull out our ninja-like homeschool substitution skills. I shared three tips of what you can do when you find yourself without the necessary supplies for an experiment back in episode 88. Number five, follow our five easy tips for experiment success. What do I mean? Read ahead, follow the directions, have the supplies, realize some days are just like that, and don't be afraid to try it again. That's five tips in one, folks. Those are five of our easiest experiment tips to help you maximize the potential of the success of your experiments at home. We employed all of these in day one of our homeschool science boot camp way back in 2018. Number six, 
Know what to do when your experiment fails. It will happen. Your experiment will not go as planned. And when it does, you will know the steps to take to rescue your learning experience. We've talked about this multiple times on the Tips for Homeschool Science show. If you missed those, check out episode 23, episode 51, and episode 103. Number seven, make your own experiment kit or purchase a pre-made one. One of the best ways to ensure the success of your experiments is to have all the supplies on hand. You can take the time to make your own experiment kits at home or check out the list of 100 science supplies to have on hand at elementalscience.com. I'll put a link to that post in the show notes. Number eight, learn about nature study. Nature study can awaken the scientific side of the brain in the same way a good book can awaken the imagination. If you've never heard of this type of hands-on science before, listen to episode number eight, or you can listen to the free conference session we have in episode 44 to 46, all about nature study, the natural way to study science. Number nine, decide where nature study fits into your plan for science education. There are several options for adding nature study to your plan for science education. It can be the core of your curriculum or the icing on your science cake. We talked about these two options back in episode 45. Number 10, do lots of impromptu nature study. In our homeschool, we mainly use impromptu nature study, most of which happens in our short walks that we take around the neighborhood. We discussed how we do this back in episode seven. Number 11, keep doing nature study, even with middle schoolers. Our kids are all out of the elementary stage and we still do nature study because even your middle schooler can benefit from spending some time outdoors learning about nature. That's why nature study is such a great family activity. We talked about hands-on science for middle schoolers in episode 68 as part of our roadmap to teaching science. Number 12, pause and take 15 minutes at the window. Make a point to slow down, take 15 minutes and observe the science that's happening right outside your window. It's a great opportunity for impromptu nature study. And I shared how this is our favorite way to do nature study during the winter back in episode 17. Uh, we actually should pause here. I just realized I never said hi at the beginning of this episode. Hi, I'm Paige Hudson, your host for the Tips for Homeschool Science Show. I'm a 16 year homeschool and veteran and author of the programs at elementalscience.com. I record these episodes to help you as you seek to share science with your kids at home. If you have a suggestion for future episodes or you just want to talk shop, you can email me through the Elemental Science website or drop me a DM on Instagram at Elemental Science. And if you've listened this far, would you take a second to leave a rating or a review for the Tips for Homeschool Science show? These really help us spread the word. And with that, let's get back to the regularly scheduled tips. Number 13, observe, observe, observe. In science, observation is key. It's something you should practice over and over again with your students. It's so important that it was one of our tips of the month back in July of 2020. Number 14, study the scientific method. In a nutshell, the scientific method trains the brain to examine and observe before making a statement of fact. It's an important concept for us to share with our students and to give them the opportunity to practice over and over. We covered all six steps of the scientific method back in episode 82. Number 15, start teaching the scientific method early. 
Our students should interact with the scientific method multiple times throughout the years. The tips from episode 82 will help you incorporate the scientific method through the ages. Number 16, teach your students about the different types of experiment variables. Did you know that there are three main types of variables that play in all experiments? The independent variable, the dependent, and the control variables. Teaching your students to identify these three will really help them with tip number 17, which is do a science fair project. No, 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 wait, don't go yet. The thought of doing a science fair project can be overwhelming, but the benefits far outweigh the challenges. We've got a free conference session in episode 47 through 49. We've got a book to help you called The Science Fair Project, a step-by-step guide. And we did a challenge on The Science Fair Project, which leads me to number 18, break the Science Fair Project into eight simple steps. And that's exactly what we did in the Science Fair Project Challenge over the summer of 2017. You can go back and listen to all those episodes, but by breaking the Science Fair Project into eight steps, It makes it both easier on you and the students. And finally, number 19, do at least one dissection. Dissections are often seen as gross and not worth the time, but there is a benefit for taking a look at the internal anatomy of a creature or the internal structures of a plant. So we recommend that you do at least one dissection, either live or online, during your student's career. We do have a post up on the Elemental Science website with tips for doing a dissection, but drop me an email through the Elemental Science website if you want us to make a future episode about this. So there you have it, 19 tips to help you with hands-on science in your homeschool. I'll put links to all the episodes mentioned in the show notes, but if you want all these tips plus a whole lot more in one easy-to-read book, check out The Homeschooler's Guide to Experiments, available at elementalscience.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great week playing with science.